The Faith in the Last Days Articles by Brother John Thomas Chapter 24 Preach the Word In writing to Timothy, the Apostle said, I charge thee before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, preach the Word. And in another place he says, Study, O Timothy, to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. 2 Timothy 4, verse 1 and 2, and chapter 2, verse 15. This was a solemn charge, a charge before the two most exalted, wise, intelligent, holy, glorious, and powerful beings in the boundless universe. An apostolic charge uttered in the presence of God's Spirit, imparted to Paul and Timothy by Jesus Christ, to preach and rightly divide the word of truth, so that God might approve him as a good workman. Here, then, the things to be preached, and rightly divided, is the word of truth. But what is that word? Will the reader accept the definition offered by one of the prophets of Yahweh? Isaiah says it is the law and the testimony, and that there is no light or knowledge in those who speak not according to it. Isaiah 8, verse 10. The law of Moses is a part of the word because it is the form or representation of the truth by which believers of the promises made to the fathers of Israel were instructed as by a schoolmaster into the faith. Romans 2, verse 18 to 20, and Galatians 3, verse 24. Paul preached the law when he preached the word, not indeed as theologists preach the word, raining down fire and brimstone upon sinners, but as declaring the things contained in the law representative and affirmative of the sufferings of the Christ and the glory that shall follow his resurrection. Thus he said before Agrippa, I continue unto this day, witnessing both to small and great, saying none other things than those which the prophets and Moses did say would come. Men cannot preach the word of the truth of the gospel, without preaching Moses and the prophets. For the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy, and Moses was a great prophet. Paul declared nothing else. The exposition of the writings of Israel's prophets as partially and limitedly fulfilled in Jesus, and hereafter wholly to be accomplished in his second advent mission, constituted the apostolic preaching of the word. They were predicants of the law and testimony of God concerning his kingdom and the name of Jesus his anointed. Therefore, says Paul, in addition to what he had said before, Agrippa, I come to you in Corinth declaring the testimony of God. 1 Corinthians 2, verse 1. He says he did not come to them with excellency of speech or of wisdom, such wisdom and oratory as the Greeks delight in, whose wisdom is foolishness with God. 
He did not blend their foolish wisdom with God's testimony, as some were beginning to do. For, says he, I determined to take notice of nothing among you except Jesus Christ and him a crucified one. He paid no regard to their wisdom or its dogmas, but introduced an entirely new system of doctrine among them, which it had not entered the heart of their philosophy and vain deceit to dream of, a doctrine which taught the setting up of an imperishable kingdom and empire on earth, which is to rule all nations under the administration of the King of the Jews, even Jesus, and of those Jews and Gentiles associated with him, who shall believe what God has promised concerning it, recognize his right to the throne, believe the things concerning his name, be baptized into him, and thenceforth be faithful unto death. He taught this, and that this indestructible dominion under which all nations shall be blessed shall not pass from one generation of rulers to another, but shall be held forever by those promoted to its glory, honour, and power as its establishment, thereby necessitating their resurrection from among the dead to immortality. Did it ever into the heart of Socrates, Plato, or any other of the Greeks to conceive the immortality of body on such principles as these? Nay, it was foolishness to them, and derided as the ignorant speculation of a wandering Jew. It was new doctrine, entirely new, more new to them than the gospel of the kingdom and age to come, advocated by us by speech and pen, is to this generation to which it is almost unknown, though as old as the heavenly oracles of the blessed God. Preach the word, then, because it contains the testimony which God has given concerning the kingdom and all things related to it, Preach the law and the testimony. For if men believe not Moses and the prophets' writings, how can they understandingly believe the words of Jesus? For all things must be fulfilled which were written in the law of Moses and in the prophets and in the Psalms concerning him. But little comparatively has been fulfilled that is written in those records respecting the Christ. The Jews, blind as they are, see this, and therefore it is because the Gentiles in their ignorance claim more for Jesus than is yet accomplished in him, that they become a cause of the rejection of his Messiahship by Israel. Thus a counsellor who knows not the Lord is worse than none. But the workman who preaches the word is to divide it rightly. No workman is approved of God who doth not to do this. He is to study to divide the word of truth rightly. It requires study, and much study too, or its right division cannot be discerned. If this be neglected, the preaching or writing will be mere confusion, and the word quoted unintelligible. The hearer or reader must study as well as the speaker or writer, or the subject will be obscure to him, no matter how lucidly presented.
There is a right division and a wrong division of the word, and no division at all. The absence of division is the almost universal characteristic of popular preaching. Textualizing under three heads is not dividing the word of truth at all, because it is not preaching the word. In fact, it has nothing to do with it. Neither is itemizing dividing the word. By itemizing, we mean the reduction of a theory to items, such as when an evangelist says, the gospel consists of three items, facts to be believed, commands to be obeyed, and promises to be enjoyed. This is true neither in theory nor division. It doth not touch the word. Therefore the workman is not approved. To rightly divide the word of truth is first to study it without bias or subjection to uninspired authority or antiquity. Attend to what is written as a child listens to a story. Study history and ask questions. Be thankful for all the information you can get, even if you have to pay for it. While you are engaged in this pursuit, do not imagine that you are a workman. It is not easy to become a workman in such an age as this. The great names in theology, so much applauded by the world, a world that has been wandering after the beast for more than twelve centuries, were not even apprentices. They were students of the classics and systems of divinity, not students of the word. If they had been, they would never have written such foolishness as passes current with their names. No, it is the result of much time and labour to become adequately proficient for a right division of the word. Men who do not understand the prophets have no scriptural pretensions to workmanship in the word. They can neither preach it nor divide it. When a man comes to understand the gospel of the kingdom, believing and obeying it, he has then qualified himself to lay the foundation in others. Let him go on to perfection, let him dive into the testimony, and let it dwell richly in him with all wisdom. If he have ability to state intelligibly what he understands, then let him work away as unto God, not to man. Let him search out and apply for the testimony to the covenants of promise, to the territory, to the subjects, to the inheritors of the kingdom, to its throne and king, to his humiliation and exaltation, to the nations, to the mystery of the name, to the Gentile fellowship of the mystery, to the identification of his majesty, and so forth. Here are topics to which the word of truth must be distributed or rightly divided, and he who can do this work most efficiently is the workman that has least reason to be ashamed before God, however much he may be slighted or reproached by men. Now, where are we to find such preachers and dividers of the word of truth? They are like comets in our heavens for multitude. Let the reader choose a clear dark night and go forth and count them. Thank you.